Okay, welcome to the Beautiful Fools podcast. It's your favorite sturdy host, Teresa. And your super dependable, not flaky at all, other host, Elizabeth. Perfect. Welcome to our Pride Month episode in the month of July. Yeah, this is going to come out really late. This may shock you, but LGBTQI plus individuals do exist outside of June. That is news to me. We have two very special guests on our podcast today who I love very much. But before we introduce them and get to our discussion of the book for today, we're going to do our best friend question as usual. Yes, we are. Now, I did mix this one up a little bit, and it's Spicy. not its not actually a best friend question. Oh. It's more of a joke, if you will. You're going to tell me a joke? I'm going to tell you a joke. This is awesome. A free comedy show. Yes, it is. Do you know the difference between wallpaper and toilet paper? No. <laughs> I use them interchangeably. Gross. <laughs> what a good joke. I'm glad you caught on right away. <laughs> that is it. That's the joke. What? I said gross. Because if you don't know the difference between toilet paper and wallpaper, that's gross. But you kind of already caught on to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find this joke? <laughs> on the internet. Hmm. Came to me on the TikToks. Did you find this joke funny? Yes. Oh. <laughs> then I love it. It's great. It was funny when other people did it, so I thought it would be funny to do to you, but you kind of, like, beat the joke in a weird way, so then it wasn't a joke anymore. To be fair, I don't understand a lot of jokes. Okay, so should I'm I I'm not ask, a good audience for I jokes. Should I ask you a best friend question instead? Sure. Okay. Hand me the box. That failed miserably. Never tell me a joke. Maybe let's Never just, tell me a joke maybe again. Maybe let's just cut that out. No, I, I like that. Okay. Me miserably failing to tell you a joke? Well, I think that other people might find it funny Okay. Joke. Well, that's not a good question. What was the last thing I laughed at? That awesome <laughs> joke that Teresa told? That is the question. That's the best friend question. The last thing that we laughed at. Was that hilarious joke we just told. I mean. I just told. Stand-up comedy in New York when? Send me the dates. I'll be there. Well, I'm moving to New York, so. Good. Well, We're this live just in... came up with what's my favorite condiment. So I think this is telling us we need <laughs> Wait, to stop. We need to stop with the best friend game. We need to stop asking you know questions. What? We, we tried our best to do one for this episode. It failed. It's, it's not Don't working. judge us. Please get over it. We're moving on. Everybody's accepting it. Okay. Okay, you're Roaring Twenties. What do you have for us today? Oh, you don't have one. Your notes are blank. <laughs> so you should go first. Okay. Mine is just general maintenance and upkeep. Of, of yourself? Yourself, your life. This specifically was sparked to me because the light bulbs in my kitchen are dying, and every time you turn on the lights, they flicker a bunch, and it's just super annoying. But it is a lot of work to change a light bulb in a kitchen fixture. Also, I have this problem because I rent. I don't know what I'm supposed to do and what other people are supposed to do. Like, wh where is the line? Nobody tells you. Nobody tells you what you're supposed to do. 
This is probably general information that people know. I just don't know because I'm dumb and in my 20s. In my 20s. Uh, but yeah, but just general maintenance and upkeep of things. Because, like, who wants to stop and figure, like, on top of everything else I have to take care of? Can't light bulbs just work forever? That's that's it. That's my annoying roaring 20s. Okay. My roaring 20s, which I just came up right now, is I am going to manufacture a light bulb that works forever, sell it on Shark Tank, make millions, get a deal with Lori Grenier. Can I be your co-business partner? Yes. Thank you. If you want to invest in our company, we are searching for $44 million for a 1% stake. <laughs> in our forever lasting light bulb. That's it. <laughs> That's the pitch. That's our single product. Today's episode is sponsored by Teresa and Elizabeth's light bulb business. Name coming soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's Next just episode. an idea. No patent. No technology. Please don't steal our idea. <laughs> please, please don't steal steal our well thought out idea of a light bulb that lasts forever. <laughs> well, so we really didn't bring a lot to the table this morning. We did not. But do you know who did this morning? It's 7 p.m. <laughs> it's been a long day. I'm sweating. There's a lot going. I really have to pee. Okay, we'll wrap this up in just a little bit. But this episode is very special to both of us, but to me particularly as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. And we thought we would bring on our very first guests ever to the beautiful Fools which podcast. Which is so exciting. So we exciting for us that we've made it big time. <laughs> they are, drum roll please, who are our first guests? My aunts. What are their names? <laughs> so my aunts are Steph and Jen, and we've already recorded the main part where we talked about the book that we're reading today, but we're just filming this intro after. But it's a really exciting conversation and I think that it's going to be really enjoyable I, to listen to. I think you guys will love it. It was so much fun to record and talk with them so hopefully it is fun for everybody to listen to as well. We had a really, really great time and we already thanked them but we want to thank them again on yes, here. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. <laughs> there will be like seven times we thank them throughout the episode. Probably. But we had, a, like, truly, truly, we had so much fun talking with them. This was, this is a really good episode, I think. I think you guys I think this it. is my favorite episode so far. Yes, for sure. Haven't even listened to it back, haven't edited it yet, but it's for sure going to be our favorite. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so we hope that our seven listeners enjoy. It's okay. I know I'll enjoy it. <laughs> I will, too. Great. Okay, so please enjoy our conversation about A Wild and Precious Life, a memoir of Edie Windsor. We can edit, like, anything out, so. Yeah, don't stress. Okay. It's I'm. I can't speak for her, but I am not stressed. Great. <laughs> Steph gets a bit stressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going 
going well. <laughs> it's chill. It's chill around here, folks. It's going well. Okay, does anybody need a book synopsis refresher before we start? It would be helpful because Jen's never read the book, so yeah, it would. <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard Steph talk about it a lot. <laughs> she would probably be helpful. Yes, I've talked about it a lot. She's talked about it a lot. She's never read it, so it's like, not this would be I great. feel like I've read okay. it. Okay. I think that's why she's so chill. Okay. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> whatever, I don't know. She but. never read it. She's a long time. That's why she's not stressed. Okay, I'll yeah. read the book synopsis. Yeah. Eddie Windsor became Eddie. <laughs> so stupid. Eddie. <laughs> I read the whole book thinking her name was Eddie. <laughs> They're disappointed in me. It's probably short for Edith. It is. <laughs> it's short for Edith. Her name is Edie. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Edith. <laughs> Edie. Mom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll start. I'll start again. Edie Windsor became internationally famous when she sued the U.S. government, seeking federal recognition for her marriage to Thea Spire. Spire? Is it Spire? I think it's Spire. It looks like Spire, but I think it's Spire. Okay. Okay. Her partner of more than four decades. The Supreme Court ruled in Edie's favor, a landmark victory that set the stage for full marriage equality in the U.S., Beloved by the LGBT community, Edie embraced her new role as an icon. Though she had already been living an extraordinary and groundbreaking life for decades, in this memoir, which she began before passing away in 2017, and which was completed by her co-writer, Edie recounts her childhood in Philadelphia, her realization that she was lesbian and her active social life in Greenwich Village's electrifying underground gay scene during the 1950s. Edie was also one of a select group of trailblazing women in computing, working her way up the ladder at IBM and achieving their highest technical ranking while developing software. In the early 1960s, Edie met Thea, an expat from Dutch-Jewish family that fled the Nazis, and a widely respected clinical psychologist. Their partnership lasted 44 years until Thea died in 2009. Edie found love again marrying Judith Kazim, Kazim? Mm-hmm. Kazim? In 2016? My friend. A wild and precious <laughs> life. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Oh, she's Wait, what? Friend. Friend on oh, Facebook yeah. now. I know, because she's my friend on Facebook. <sighs> a kind wild and deal. precious life is a remarkable portrait of an iconic woman, gay life in New York, in the second half of 20th century and the rise of LGBT activism. Excellent was, reading. That was the worst reading to happen to date of any <laughs> podcast <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our synopsis reading. <laughs> of which Teresa can't read or spell. Spell can't pronounce anything correctly. I love that the first word was her name and you messed it up. <laughs> Eddie. That was Eddie my Windsor. favorite part. <laughs> Eddie I'm telling you, I read the whole book thinking her name was pronounced Eddie. I learned today it's Edie. It's okay. We can be disappointed in me. I am. Hmm. Well, I I'm thought not. you would be. We're not. Thank no. you. It's Greenwich Village, though. So. I yeah. <laughs> it's Greenwich. 
Greenwich. Greenwich is Greenwich Village. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna re-record that at a different yeah, time. Yeah, that's probably good. We're gonna edit that. That's in. probably good. So to kind of introduce everyone, because the podcast doesn't know you guys, I have a question to start us off, and that is, if you remember meeting me at one point, and what was that one time? No, I think we met you at Elizabeth's graduation. Oh, yeah. yeah. We did. That was it. Yes. yes. Elizabeth couldn't yeah. remember either, so it's okay. So <laughs> Elizabeth can't remember half of our friendship anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of important moments I, I can't remember. Well, like, I specifically remember meeting Teresa because I thought you introduced her as your best friend. And I think we even talked about her going to Detroit Lakes. And, yeah, I remember that. Jen doesn't remember. I do. Jen and Elizabeth don't, but I do. Thank you. Thank you. What do we want to start with? Well, we usually start with a character that we... Yeah, we can start with call it a character in a nonfiction book. It's a person. A person. Okay. A person that you closely identified with and why. Okay. Like an, I'm, uh, Edie's my character. <laughs> Eddie. Eddie. Eddie Windsor. I... Edie Windsor, I, 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 th- I think you're more a Thea, but okay, I'll be a Thea. I'm a Thea. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Okay. Do you agree with that, Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. Did you finish the book? Yeah, I finished it like two hours ago. Oh. Okay. Oh. That's... In the in the car. <laughs> in the car. So Thea was kind of a bitch. <laughs> no, not not that she was a bitch, but. She's kind of a little bit of a hoe, so that's why I think she's more like you. Oh my god, that's not nice. Well, I mean, she likes she liked a lot of women. You liked a lot of not now, but you used to. Yeah, there was a time when you loved a lot of women, and (laughs) (laughs) so that's why I think you're a Thea. There are tears coming out of my eyes. Not calling you a hoe. I just whatever. You just yeah. Love I the gotcha. ladies. Gotcha. So did Thea. If, okay. if it makes anyone feel better, I put Thea as my character too. But I just have one word. I wrote flaky. Oh. <laughs> but she was. Okay. You thought she was flaky. flaky. She yeah, was in the beginning when she was younger. Mm. Yeah, she was constantly yeah. canceling. She was constantly canceling on Edie and leading her on. I don't think yeah. that's, you're not like... I don't think that's flaky. I could see you, how you, like Elizabeth has a parallel, I could see your parallel, Elizabeth, with her maybe being more aloof and not jumping in and getting attached real quick. I can see that. Yeah, I would agree with that side. Not the flaky thing, no. I don't think No, that. not the flaky, yeah. I agree. I don't think she, I never picked up that she was flaky. Not even after she canceled on Edie multiple times and then wrote a fake work letter to get out of spending a weekend with her. That's funny, Ooh. though, because you would do that in situations that you don't want to be a part of. Like, you wouldn't do that to your friend, but you would do that to be like, no. No social situations. I'm out of here. I would do that. Yeah. See, see that's where it yeah. got. Okay. It was missing the, the explanation. Yeah. I But Flaky is 
a relative term. Okay. But I see where the meaning now that you're you are coming from. Okay. I see that now. I picked a lesser known character that we didn't meet until the end of the book. Um, her name is Karen because I was told recently that I'm a Karen. This is the only reason. <laughs> Teresa. No, let me read what I said, okay? I said I felt like the universe was giving me the opportunity to relate to her after so abruptly and rudely breaking the news that I'm one of the most annoying characters, quote-unquote, from society. But on a more realistic level, she is one of their best friends. She's very reliable. She's there to help Thea and Edie through everything at the end when Thea gets sick. And I felt like that is me. I feel like I'm a good, reliable friend. That You're super sturdy, so. <laughs> I'm very sturdy. <laughs> like a bamboo stalk. <laughs> Who's Karen? She's just one of their really good friends at the end. Who yeah. Comes and, and she goes on the trips, like, when Thea gets sick. And she's oh, just there, okay. like, as a supportive side character. I gotta admit, I did skim the end. That's okay. <laughs> Well, because she was the one, because they were going to hire a man, right, that could lift her, and yeah. they ended up hiring Karen, because Karen could do yeah. all that. Oh. Yes. Okay, that was her name. Okay. Yeah, so she's just a supportive side character that's there, and is like one of their best friends to help them, and I thought that I could be a, I was, am, a supportive side character. I would say you're a supportive main character. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, Steph, did you want to go for yourself? Oh, um, I mean, yeah, by person, I, I mean, there was a lot of what Edie went through that I could relate to. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say everything and I wouldn't, I don't feel like I'm an Edie, but there was just a lot of different things in her life that were very relatable. So I'd, I'd have to say Edie for that reason. Okay. We love her. She's the main character, so... I know, and that seems kind of, I don't know, to pick the main character, but I don't, I certainly don't feel like Dolly or Blackie. <laughs> I can't relate I'm not the brother or the sister. The sister was kind of a bitch. <laughs> she was. She had a bitchy sister. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Wait, okay, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to pronounce her mom's name. Oh, well, on the audio, she called her Seal. Okay, okay, that was our guess. Yeah, because I listened to... Yeah, Seal is what she... We're always referred to her mom as Seal. So not Cell. So not Cell. No, it wasn't. No, it was... No, I never heard her say it, Cell. Seal was my first guess. So you can't get mad at me for that one. I did think it was Seal. Cell was only our second guess. Cell was second choice. Seal, Seal. And I remember what her dad's name was. Did she have a dad? She did, yes. Oh, he left. No. No, he died of a heart attack. It was a very traumatic part of her life that she didn't even want to talk about in the book. They murdered him in the hospital. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and she she heard all that going on in the hospital. Yeah. She left and then... He was like screaming. Oh yeah! Yep. I just wrote the hospital murdered her father. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Contributed to his death. Yeah, but I can't remember his name though. Oh, don't ask me that. I have no idea. 
I forgot about him altogether. You didn't think she had a dad. Yeah. So I I have a good memory, I think. So we all did. We all read this book except for Jen. But I, at this point, Jen knows more than we have the same level of knowledge. Oh, his name was his name was Saul. Saul. There you go. Saw, his name oh, was no, Saul. No, that was who she married. She got married. Oh, you're right. She married Saul. That was her husband. Not her dad. (laughs) Saul Wiener. That's why she changed both her and his last name to Windsor. Good call. I would just like to say that was a very, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Claps for her. Round of applause on the last name changing. She did divorce him after six months. Yeah, but why did she keep his name? That new name instead of going back to her original name. Because her original name was Schlein. Oh, Schlein? Maybe she really liked it. It is, but can you just just change your last name? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Just go file some paperwork. You can change your first name, your last name. Crap bag. (laughs) First name crap. Last Last name bag. bag. Nice to meet you. I'm crap bag. We should stop quoting friends now. Is what we do to prepare the answer is nothing. <laughs> did you bring any quotes? Oh, I guess you listened to the audiobooks. You probably don't. But I, oh. did bring a quote. I did bring a quote. I think we should let our esteemed guest of honor go first. I think we should too. Okay. I do not. My favorite quote is don't postpone joy, keep it hot. That was a good quote. Yeah, I like that's that. That's good one. advice. Yeah, that's kind of how you live your life, right? I don't have anybody to keep it hot with, but I can <laughs> not postpone joy. <laughs> well, there you go. You can do your best to get to the second part, but keep it hot and don't postpone your joy. I'll, I'll remember the second part for later in life. <laughs> yes. When you're when you're 89 years old. Yeah. And then still, go, still going at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was, like, with, yeah, she wanted some, like, she's like, I'm not living a life without sex. <laughs> After being Amen, that. sister. <laughs> I know. I was like, you go. Yeah, I was surprised. I, it, arguably, Even she got married died. at the end because she wanted was sex. horny. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was what? Horny. 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 Yeah, I, I think she was her whole life. She had a lot of sex. She did have a lot of sex. That's where the wild part comes in. Right. A wild and precious. Oh. I just thought about the title this morning as I was reading the book. <laughs> I, never, I never thought about it once. So, did you okay. have a quote? That okay, you so like I, did, I did have a quote I would like to share. Mine comes from the very beginning of the book. And it is, um, she's talking to one of, their friends, like Rick's friends, when they had that little boy club before they all went off to fight in the war. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the boys says to her, "Come, come, find me after you've had intercourse for the first time. I'd love to take a turn, but I don't want the responsibility of being your first. Thank you for bringing this to <laughs> us today. 
Ironic because I just wanted to share chivalry's not dead, ladies. <laughs> right? I'm like, that makes you want to just get hot with him with that kind of line. Oh my god. Remember when we sent all the men to Jupiter to get stupider? Yes. Well, they came back. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I well, I, I hate men now. I mean, always kind of have, but that really that really solidified yeah, that. Yeah, it did. I'm done with men now. Did you bring any, you know, more educational quotes than I brought? Not really. I brought a lot of excerpts from quotes with no context, as I, as I typically <laughs> do. What you do. Um, I have her yearbook quote, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Read that one. Which is, quote, in her spare time, she does trig problems and breaks hearts, end quote. Because she was, like, really, really smart. She's still, still, she was very smart her entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, IQ in, like, the 140s. But mm-hmm. her brother, Blackie, had a 172 IQ. Did he really? What is a normal IQ? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> we're just, we're like, wow. Not that high. Not, that's, not that. that's crazy. What's the highest IQ you can score? Well, <laughs> I mean, like, Einstein was, like, 180. So Blackie was up there with Einstein. Wow. Yeah. And he didn't do much with his life. Well, just because you're smart doesn't mean you're motivated. He sure did. There's a lot of smart people that don't do shit. That's true. But, I mean, for her to have that, Elizabeth, to your point, for her to have that quote in her yearbook in what, was it the 40s when she graduated? Yes, I don't, don't remember the year. But she skipped a lot of grades, too. Like, she was always saying she was, like, super young for all of her grades yeah. or all of her classes. So, she... Was very smart to advance that fast. So to have graduated, let's just say in the forties, right, and to be have that as your quote to recognize you for your mathematical ability. I mean, they thought girls couldn't even do that, right? Is pretty amazing. Okay, I looked up the average IQ. It's typically between eighty-five and one fifteen. I would probably oh. score fifty. <laughs> I'm right there oh. at forty-four. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) They have a lot more faith in our abilities than we do. Well, I don't think your special needs. I mean, (laughs) right? This starts slipping down if you get below IQ. Like you're, yeah, they're probably more in the one thirty, one forty range. Right. Oh yeah, right up there with (laughs) me. Sure are. (laughs) Damn straight. Just go with it, guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Going with it. She's chill, remember? (laughs) She's unbothered. (laughs) Okay, do you have any other quotes for us? Nope. Okay. I think that we each provided one quote. Except for Jen. It happens if I'm sorry. (laughs) I started with the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That is a good one. Great pivot into this is basically the non-fiction version of evelyn hugo that is a great pivot i do do actually have a quote oh i don't know who said it you usually don't please do not come (laughs) to me for any information ever i just have the quote she was famous for her breasts and she threw them around and then i wrote evelyn hugo yeah Ah. 
That you're right. That's literally the tagline. Yeah, Evelyn Hugo. No, Evelyn Hugo is also a very good book. Would highly recommend. I like that you're reading it. We're both reading it right now. Yes. Good. Good. Do you want to come back? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to do that one? When we when we get to Evelyn Hugo. Well, we've both already. We're there. Okay, perfect. Should okay, we just well, shift just over to it. that book? <laughs> well, we're not done reading it. Yeah, you might want to let me actually Finish read the it. whole book. <laughs> now, I guess we just move on to generic thoughts we have about the book, about yes. her story. I thought it was inspiring. <laughs> I mean, what I know of it is inspiring. I think our readers are really going to resonate with that. Our readers, our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is coming out in book form. Book form. Next. <laughs> we just hired a transcriber. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. It is inspiring. I would actually agree with that, like, on a real note. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think, I, I think her... I mean, she did have an incredible life, but I found it very interesting that her activism didn't happen until way late, like in her late 70s. Like, you know, she was gay. She accepted that she was gay, but really in a very small circle. And then after Thea died, it really kicked her into this activism. And I also find it interesting, like in our circle, every one of our lesbian friends that I've asked about Edie Windsor, with the exception of one, nobody knows who she is. I'm like, That's how do true. people not know? Like, I didn't know who she was either, and I just how significant she contributed to DOMA and getting that pushed through and turned over. Like, why do none of us know who she is? Very good question. Yeah, great, great question. Neither great of us had heard of her before I picked this book. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who she is now. And you know how to pronounce her name. So and I, I know her name. How important. I did make a note when I was done reading the book that this book almost, keyword almost, makes me want to stop eating Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> almost. I thought you were going to say it. I thought you were going to say it almost made you cry because oh. nothing makes you cry. Yeah, it didn't. I did not cry. I snapchatted Teresa at 1 a.m. last night after I read the part where Thea died, and I was just bawling my eyes out. And I said, no tears were shed on this side when reading. That's when I cried too, Elizabeth. You guys just have bigger hearts than I do. What can I say? You're just not an emotional person. Not really. I also <laughs> cried during the preface, so it wasn't going to bode well for me. The preface was like nothing. Well, he just mentioned that. <laughs> I know, because they did That was just sad. <laughs> I guess it, it'll get you. I hate when people die. It is sad. I'm not saying it wasn't sad. It made my heart feel a little something, but no tears were shed. Hmm, so you're going to keep eating that Chick-fil-A sauce? I stopped for the rest of June. You took a sabbatical for June? For Pride Month. thank you for your service (laughs) if it means that much to you I won't buy a new bottle because I'm almost out I want you to be happy well if I'm being happy and not supporting 
I want you to have your gay favorite, rights. I want you then. to have your favorite song in it. Thank you. If they're selling sure. at TJ Maxx, you should get it there though. They are. Okay. I've heard they're really good with condiments. <laughs> Top notch condiments at TJ Maxx. Are they a sponsor of yours? <laughs> Top notch condiments at TJ Maxx. Okay, what what if I get it at Walmart? <laughs> yeah. Thank you to TJ Maxx for sponsoring this podcast. Go there to get all your condiments. <laughs> okay, what, do you have a book related note? Uh, <laughs> oh, this was what I thought was interesting. So she told a lot of stories before she met Thea. She told all these stories of how she met all these women. And I thought a lot of the stories she told for meeting those women seemed very movie-like. And I know she didn't make them up, but they seemed like very made-up story-like meetings where she would just get whisked away to go like hang out and have this lovely night. With and you think you you think it's movie-like or vibes were good during that time? Okay. Yeah, I just okay. Here's what my note says. Um, her stories of meeting women seemed fake or movie-like almost. When she finally got to hook up with Thea and she was just whisked away, like, Thea literally just whisked her away to this house and they, like, spent the weekend together. It seemed very movie-like in a good way. Like, not in a bad way. I just, I thought it was fascinating and I was like, I would like to meet people like that. I want to have fun experiences like that. Because, I mean, she has all these awesome stories now of how she met these people, but it makes... They have a really cool meeting story well, how I, they actually got together for the well, first time. I'd like Jen to wait on this, but I do think with lesbians, <laughs> it is like that real fast, real quick, very romantic, you homo, like, I really don't think that's all that uncommon to have grand gestures and when you're in, you're all in very fast. So men just suck is what I'm getting from this over and over again. I love how you're just realizing this today. It's been an ongoing thing. That's yep. how lesbians do it. Yep. That's how lesbians <laughs> do it. God damn, I got to switch, man. Welcome to your educational session. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get on that. I'll, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> Only you could choose your sexuality. Right. Yeah, that's what I just said. If only you could choose your sexuality. Clearly, that's something you can choose. <laughs> yeah, well, well, <laughs> my next note after that was, would love to date a woman instead of a man. <laughs> just following up. It's a little bit free, with that. Oh, we'll scoot over that. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Never said that to me before. Oh, I have a question. Oh, <laughs> questions are good. Bring more to the table than I just did. I'm bringing nothing. <laughs> okay, there was this whole thing about mm-hmm. after her mother, Seal, Cell, died, yeah. or Cell, Seal, Seal, Cell, <laughs> hyphenated. <laughs> after Seal died, and Joshua was writing like from his part at the end of the chapter. He said he talked to a bunch of Evie's friends and, like, they were all like, yeah, like, your mom knew that about you being gay. But they didn't, like, set seal. <laughs> God, seal. <laughs> we never hear from her because she died. Yeah. Like, if she knew about Evie. Yes, the question is I agree. If she knew, and my answer is yes. I agree. I also think she knew. 
No one's that oblivious. I yeah, you can't be. If you can tell the difference between yes. somebody having just a roommate and more of a life partner, as she always <laughs> said. <laughs> well, and I th- her mother was an intelligent woman, and she was an educated woman, and. Although mm-hmm. yeah. culture and the time period that it was in, she probably wasn't okay saying it out loud, like that my daughter's a lesbian. But yeah, I fully believe she knew. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to also do with why she stopped pestering her to get married all the time. I think once that kind of stopped, she realized that she just needed to accept, well... Yes. She always described it, her lifestyle. Which is a term I cannot stand, but yes, your lifestyle. (laughs) I despise lifestyle as much as I despise Chick-fil-A. God. Well, whoever says that to a a hetero couple? I really should not have brought up Chick-fil-A, and I don't think I can ever eat it again. Like, I, I mean, who goes to... A guy and a girl getting married, and they're like, oh, this is the lifestyle you're choosing? Nobody ever says that. <laughs> like, the next wedding you go to, like, oh, <laughs> this is the lifestyle you're choosing. <laughs> yeah. I'll, oh. say it. I'll say it at Teresa's wedding. When I'll say it during my maid of honor yeah, speech when that I'm not getting... giving because I'm not a maid of honor, but I'll, I'll just stand up anyway. Right. So this is the lifestyle you want to choose. I can get behind that. <laughs> I can support this. I I'm standing here today to say that I support the lifestyle you've chosen to live. Straight ally. Lifestyle is being a swinger. Like that's a lifestyle. Like not our lifestyle, but <laughs> just, just a lifestyle. Good. Love the clarification there. Okay. Well, do we want to talk about like Evie and Thea's? relationship i mean they were together for 44 years there's yeah they had moments they, they did have some moments like the one where they're in the louvre yeah during like an emergency evacuation situation and that was Evie the first is, one my mind just yeah and Evie is like i'm staying here because all the elevators were closed and they weren't gonna carry thea out of yeah. the building because she was like immobile or whatever but yeah. i said this is my new standard for love well, even the fact that they had pre-thought about it, like, they had it pre-planned out. They had decided once Thea had gotten sick that if they were ever in a situation like that, they were going to go out together. They weren't going to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if anyone goals. wants to die in the Louvre with me. I will. Out. Okay, great. I'll go with you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I also get to die with a bunch of awesome art, so I'm yeah. down. Okay, cool. Sounds like a good time for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This will be our, regrettably, this will be our last <laughs> podcast episode. Starting promptly, we are flying to the Not until after you come to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please postpone okay. until oh, at least you come okay. to Nashville. We'll postpone our loop visit. Okay. But yes, that was very romantic. <laughs> we'll fly out of Nashville to Paris. Oh, perfect. Oh, I had a question about just the setup of the book. Now, I don't know because you listened to the audio version what it looked like for you, but at the end of each chapter, the author, Mm -hmm. what is his name? Joshua, um, went in with some of his own comments or commentary about other um, interviews that he had with people, and I was curious what you guys thought about that type of 
like set up for the. I I liked it because I. I thought it between each chapter, it gave just a nice summary to, yes, this is, you know, her telling it right. And him, whether it was confirming through other sources he had talked to, that that was an accurate recount of the truth. So I, I liked it. So a man wrote this book? He. Was it just one? He wrote it with her. Oh, he finished. But after each chapter, he would just just like talk about the chapter a little bit and then just say, you know, this was confirmed through different conversations with friends, family, or it wasn't confirmed, you know. Did they switch the narrator in the audiobook for her parts and his parts? Yes, like it was like it was her voice and then they would have like not I don't think it was really him, but it was a guy that would do his part and then it was yeah, her talking in first person, right? Okay. Yep. I have mixed feelings about it. At times, I liked it. Kind of towards the end, I liked it when he had a little bit more commentary on things. But in that middle book, when you get a lot of the information about the beginning of her relationship with Bia, I was so into the story Mm. that I felt like it jolted me out where then I was like now being told information from an outside perspective. And there were times where it annoyed me because I wanted to stay in the story. And then all of a sudden I was yanked out to hear his other commentary or what he had talked to other people about. And then to go back into the story from her perspective. So at times I wish he hadn't done it after every chapter. I think there could have been some more cohesive spots for him to do it. But I mean, I liked it. I definitely liked it at times. I just thought at points I wanted to stay in the story. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that where, yeah, where he's kind of, it feels like he's interrupting it. You're like, I just want to hear more of what she's saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, I mean, I didn't really think yeah. about that, but it's like, because I'd be listening to it, and it's like, oh, here he goes again. Can we hurry up and get to the next part? <laughs> no, that's how I felt. I was like, okay, let's go. I mean, I was reading it. I couldn't, like fast forward but I felt like I wanted to fast forward as I was reading I was like I don't care what you think I want to hear about her story yeah it's like what is he contributing to her story yeah at the end when it was more of like she was kind of summarizing more things you were learning a lot of more information about her activism and things like that when I thought that the interviews and when he talked about other people contributed a little bit more to it I liked it there but like I said when you were learning a lot about her relationship with Thea and when they started going I just wanted to keep (laughs) reading the story I didn't want to hear what he had to say about it I agree and this you said something earlier about the second half of the book reading more Mm -hmm. like a resume of what she did rather than her story it was like she was a part of this group and this group and this group and she did this 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 at this organization and it was very like resume and very spark notes and very rushed at the end I thought yeah I well yeah I said this to her earlier I thought I was reading oh, yeah, not, not me stealing your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I was reading a resume and I was like what job was I hiring for that I forgot about here because he is hired for sure hired so do you guys think she journaled or like, I'm just like, I always want, how did she remember all these details? Like that's a lot of details for a lot of years. I think she had a really good memory. That, and I do, 
I do think she had a lot of stuff written down because they did go into it a little bit when he was talking about how impressed she was, or he was, sorry, the author, how impressed he was when he was doing his interviews with her because she had kept all of this documentation Mm -hmm. of information even when she was suing the government. Like, she had very specific receipts, and I think it was because of how scared she was during her life. She felt like she had to keep everything a secret, that if anything were to go wrong, she wanted documented evidence of every part of her life. So I think maybe it's a little yeah. bit of both. She had a really good memory, but she also had a lot of stuff written down and well, documented. He was for talking her to go about back. like boxes and boxes yeah. of papers and documents, like physical things that he could sort through. And like stories that she had written and yeah, just tons and tons of physical stuff for her to go or for I him need, to go through. I need to get cracking so they can write a memoir about me. You I'm know, kidding. I did think about that as I was reading this book. If I had to sit down with somebody to write a memoir about me, I would have nothing to say because I have the worst memory on the planet and I don't really journal. So <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, wow, that would be a quick, maybe a paragraph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll read that next. For the next episode. That's just that's my autobiography. <laughs> that's just the eulogy to read at my wedding. My wedding. <laughs> well, that's depressing. <laughs> Where is my brain at? Where did it go? Your funeral. Woo. My funeral. <laughs> correct. I'd just like to make a correction here. I hope nobody's reading my eulogy at my wedding. Yeah, that would be an awkward event. A double funeral wedding. It's economical, yes, that's true. Teresa's getting married to a man today. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yes. When, when you approve of my lifestyle, <laughs> also my life is over. It may feel like that sometimes. <laughs> Not with you. Yeah, I know. Historically, it felt like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just if you're with men only. It's a bitch. so maybe my wedding is also my funeral i have good friends that are married to men and they seem to live happy lives great a two for one good you know yep their lifestyle seems to be work out for them yep i don't judge them for it (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) the support is really feeling it's coming across through the computer we love you no matter what Thank you. Some of my best friends are straight. <laughs> I'm going to feel so welcomed and supported. <laughs> we do. I, my very best friends are mostly straight. That's and I true. still love them. That's true. My very best friends are mostly gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's collecting them. <laughs> I am. I'm collecting them like rings. Oh, this is an interesting... Uh, maybe it's not an interesting note, but I wrote it down. Um, I was surprised that through the very end, like up to Thea's death, she was still working. Even when she was bound to her wheelchair, she couldn't even go to the bathroom by herself. She couldn't move like anything except for her eyes. She was still working. Yeah. And she had clients the day that she died. Like Edie's first thought was, I'm going to have to cancel the clients that she has today. I was surprised. And so I have one of my aunts has MS. Not to the extreme that Thea has it, but also medicine has advanced quite a bit since Thea had it. So I think her experience, my aunt's experience with it is a little bit different. 
but it was interesting to read her go through MS because there are parts of it that I connected with just in seeing how my aunt has suffered through it and everything. But my aunt doesn't, she can't work anymore. Like since she was diagnosed several years ago, she's been on long-term disability and doesn't work. And so I just, I was so fascinated that up to her death, she was so sick and she was still working and still going through, which I think shows you how strong she was as a person, because I think if I were in her shoes, I would have quit a long time ago. I don't even have any sort of illness and I want to quit. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I know. It was pretty amazing. And if you guys get an opportunity, and I don't, so there is a documentary. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I know Teresa, you won't shed a tear, but Elizabeth, you'll probably (laughs) shed some tears. I mean, it made me tear, like, I'm going to force myself to cry now. You but yeah, when, I mean, seeing I will them be crying tonight. and hearing them talk and even, I mean, she, like Thea couldn't even, she was in a motorized wheelchair and they were still dancing and it just touched my heart. Yeah, That was really sweet. As somebody who also loves to dance, I became really close with one of my best friends through dancing and that was, that melted my heart a lot. I thought that was very special. That they still continue to dance. I'm so excited you are watching that tonight. You love to dance? I do love to dance. I support that. Yes, I agree. I support that lifestyle. <laughs> yes, you can. My dancing and my we dance. support you. Yeah. All of my lifestyle choices. You're supporting so strongly tonight. <laughs> I feel so loved it's the same joke every time, and it's funny every time. I'm sorry. I'm sturdy and I'm supported. What more could I ask for? <laughs> wow, a dream. I'm trying to find any sort of note. I mean, I oh well, I have another note, not okay. specifically about the story, but Edie built a harpsichord. Uh, oh yeah, I, and it took I, her like two years. Yeah. So I did Google it because I didn't know what a harpsichord was. My musical knowledge is not great. Okay. Did she build one? I... Yeah, yeah, she, she built, built one. I don't, was that in the book? Yeah. Yes. When she would go visit Thea in the Hamptons on the like weekends or whatever, she would bring like her wood and her carving tools with her, and she would sit there and I I don't know how to build a harpsichord, but she would like slowly work on it and build mm-hmm. this thing, and I was incredibly impressed. <laughs> That's my note. I'm incredibly impressed she built the harpsichord. See, I thought she was learning how to play it, and I didn't get that she was building it at first, but it said at one point, after two years, she was so proud of herself because she had finally built her harpsichord, and I was like, oh, she built it because she wanted to learn to play? (laughs) Oh, did she want to learn to play it? I don't know. what She never talked about playing it. Oh, she just wanted to build it? I think so. I think she just picked it up as a hobby. Oh. Okay. Because she never said she played it. See, because it sounds like a grand lesbian gesture, right? Like, I'm going to build you a harpsichord. That sounds like a grand I mean, lesbian gesture. Like, <laughs> that's like when she bought Thea the motorcycle. Oh, I love that. I love when she bought her the motorcycle. But yeah, I figured maybe Thea played a harpsichord and she was going to build her one from scratch because that seems legit. But I don't remember the harpsichord, but the motorcycle was really cool. I, I was very impressed with all of the above. I like when she rode the motorcycle for the first time. Yes, and she almost died. When she almost crashed and died. Do you know how much stress that scene was calling, causing me? Yeah. 
I was on high alert that entire paragraph. Well, good for you that you're probably never going to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, probably won't. My mom wouldn't let me ride one when my uncle came over to give our whole family <laughs> rides. She said, no, not you. Good call. Good call. I, didn't I don't think anybody should. Wow. I was, I was in college. I was a grown adult, could make my own decisions. No. Was it at her house? No. Yeah, was that our house? Our Your family, family house? house? Okay, well then she still says to say. No, that's fair. Edie was casually a very rich woman. Casually. Casually loaded. And so was Thea, though. Yeah. Low key. They were both loaded. Like when she dropped 35k in cash on a house, but that's like, what, what quarter you... of a million dollars today? Yeah. She was like, yeah, I have that. The cure in cash. So, Here you go. Just let me withdraw it out of my bank account. <laughs> so... I, I would say, I mean, I think the key to be casually loaded is not to have children. <laughs> yeah. That's. Oh, how smart. I should get rid of my child. <laughs> not your doggy kids. And I'm, that's not to say don't, we're not, I'm not saying to advocate for not having children, but couples They're that typically expensive. do not have children, I would say become casually wealthy. It is much easier to become casually wealthy. It's just easier. Well, they say by the time a child turns 18, they cost $1 million. So it explains why my family is not casually loaded. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's, it's an expensive adventure. It is. Your family is not casually loaded. It is not <laughs> casually loaded in any way. <laughs> I have four siblings, if you don't know, so there's a lot of kids. It's a lot, yeah. We've never been casually wealthy either, so, I mean, we don't. No. Well, we can all relate to not being casually <laughs> loaded, then, because neither Elizabeth can, nor I are. We can relate to being casually broke. <laughs> yes. Casually broke, yes. <laughs> casually being denied for a red card. <laughs> <laughs> Casually being denied credit. <laughs> I was casually denied for a red card on multiple occasions. Oh, story of my life. <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, that's a lot of my notes. My only other note was I know that this isn't about Thea, but I wanted to hear more about her fleeing the Nazis. Oh yeah, they were just like casually like, oh yeah, yeah Thea's childhood fled the Nazis. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, she, here she on. is now. She's in America. She's really rich. She loves women. Yeah. But I thought they did touch on it a little bit more. I mean, not to a great extent, but didn't they They talk about, I mean, the only reason she got out, right, is because they had money and they talked, was it her uncle or somebody that stayed behind? I think her dad. Was it her dad stayed, stayed behind? behind? But he packed everyone up. Like that one night he packed mm-hmm. them all up and was like, leave, you're leaving right now. But I think he was the one who stayed behind. But I think there was another, somebody that, like, a family member that worked with her dad that actually stayed behind, stayed behind, and they never heard from him again. Maybe. Was it maybe her uncles or cousins or a combination yes. of that? Yes. I think so. Yeah, because he yeah. died from the gas. Yes, because he did get sent. That's right. They did talk about him being sent to a gas chamber, and he mm-hmm. died there. Right, and she very much acknowledged that their, you know, because they had money, that is really the only reason. Because 
most people weren't. And, and I think it's, I mean, I, I think with her mother dying when she was young and the horrible relationship she had with her stepmother, I think it was just probably a very painful topic for her to talk about. I mean, I don't know if it's survivor's guilt, you know? I'm sure that's got a, a lot of trauma. Okay, what did you rate this book? Oh, I didn't give the book a rating, but I'd give it a four out of five, probably. Okay, I gave it four and a half out of five. Yeah. I thought the ending was rushed. I did not... Needs more dinosaurs. Needs more <laughs> dinosaurs. Um... <laughs> Took off half a star because there were no dinosaurs. I don't. Where were they? In the Where story? were the dinosaurs? <laughs> um, the ending was rushed. I don't know. I felt like it really went deep into her relationship mm-hmm. with Thea, and then it was just like, oh yeah, and also she's married to Judith now, and I just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know more about Judith. Yeah, who is yeah. Judith? No idea. Just some, just her wife. And I did. I did say this to Elizabeth earlier, but. Also, imagine being Judith and reading your late wife's memoir and you being mentioned like twice in the last chapter and just being like, oh, yeah, she got married again. I I just, yeah, I agree. The end seemed rushed. I would have liked a little bit more. I also, the entire book, I was waiting for them to elaborate on her suing the U.S. government. I was really excited for that part. I wanted to read a lot about it and that whole journey and how it went. And it was also mentioned for maybe a paragraph. To be fair, I think in the preface he said, if you want to read about her Supreme Court yeah. case, read this other book. Yeah. Not this one. And he I did said, say that. you know what? I'm going to read this one. <laughs> and it better have the information you're telling me it does not have right so now. So there, there is another full book about, okay, so there is another book about her case. Yeah. But it seemed very, like, more of like a historical. Oh. It seemed very law-like. Like, I was mm-hmm. going to sit down and read all this law information yeah. that I wasn't going to understand whatsoever. So you an English version. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like... For the uneducated. In the 44 IQ. But the significance of what she did, and yeah, it wasn't... There wasn't a ton of that in the book. Would have liked to see more. Yeah. I do think it goes to show how much she went through and what... Um, being a lesbian during her life was like because she did say even after she got a lot of fame and people openly accepted her she still felt like she had to hide and she couldn't be herself in public yeah it was just in her nature yeah yeah because she had to do it so much yeah evelyn hugo (laughs) evelyn hugo i don't know i felt bad i i wish i wish that she would have been able to grow into that more have the opportunity to grow into it more yes it made me sad let's have her on the next episode okay okay so are you gonna find her ghost maybe you could get judith yeah i could message her yeah you can message judith maybe she could be a guest (laughs) you know we do have connections to judith message her quick (laughs) yeah i can dm her and say how do we get on your schedule and we want to talk about your wife, Eddie. <laughs> we, we don't want to talk about you. We'd like to hear about Just Thea and Eddie. Hear about Directly about Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> Did you say Theo? 
Joan Eddy. That's a whole other story. She might, she might block you. It's a whole different story. We'll be reading that next time. That's sliding into the transgender realm. I don't think I have any other thoughts. Do you? No thoughts, just vibes. That's all I've brought here today. Wait, Steph, what did you rate this book out of five? If oh, you yeah. get, if you could give it a rating, I'd say four point five. Yeah. Me too. Jen said four point five too. Yeah. What what knocked off that half start? The di- the dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you mean by the dinosaur reference, okay. so I don't really Good. get that. But <laughs> I. It's just a general reference to how much Elizabeth <laughs> loves dinosaurs. That for her, anything up with dinosaurs to, okay. automatically would bump it up a okay. rating. But this book was lacking dinosaurs, so we <laughs> have to bring no it dinosaurs. down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, the end seemed too light. Like, the end could have been meteor. Meteor. That's a good word. It did seem like he kind of, he was, like, sick writing. He's like, man, I gotta finish this book. Let's just... Well, also, well, also, what have I not talked about yet? She died, so oh, that's fair. He was like, done. She's dead. Done. Done. Yeah, that's fair. And she died. <laughs> the end. And, and she died. The end. <laughs> Cannot finish because she died. Okay, Steph. Any other thoughts that you? would like to add or Jen or yeah honestly or Jen if you have any what what star rating oh no you said you gave it four and a half sorry I give it a five she gives it a five a full five because I don't have the dinosaur dinosaur issue she has no dinosaur issues and she's rating it a full five (laughs) yeah she loved it (laughs) I you know my only other thought on it and Elizabeth I kind of shared this with you I think I mean a little bit a text message was so her growing up in the 30s, 40s, and I'm talking like when she was high school, even maybe a little bit younger, there were things, right, like she knew, like these friendships she would have with girls, like you and I talked about this, but not really being able to understand what that meant. Yeah. And when I was telling Elizabeth, like I really could relate to that because even if you jump forward to the 80s, very similar for me like because you had because I had zero representation so but I knew I had these really close friendships that maybe not that I ever acted on anything but yeah they probably weren't the same as how other girls had friendships you know or had I had big feelings for some of my friends and I think she kind of talked about that you know Yes, yeah, she, I wrote down a quote about that, actually. She did say she had, like, what her first best mm-hmm. friend, she said, looking back, I probably yeah. had a crush on her, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah, she said, it's clear looking back now that I had a crush on her, but I had no understanding of how the deep yep. affection I felt could mean anything but true friendship. Yeah, so that when reading that, yeah, I thought that was super relatable, Hashtag even relatable. though we lived lives many years apart. <laughs> It's very relatable um, when you don't have any mm-hmm. context to understand that, right? Well, and even for you now growing up, you just said hashtag relatable. So, you know, Thank just, you. Just, part, just part of finding yourself, figuring out, you know, what's going on. Yeah, there's just brain. a lot of now moments, like aha moments, looking back on your life going, oh, it really makes sense. Oh, yeah, that all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have some. 
High school makes sense. High school <laughs> makes sense. Looking back on it, um, you know. Okay. So, is that... I have no other thoughts. Can we play perfect in every way? Oh! Then? Because that's my favorite. Oh my part. gosh, yeah. I don't know why I forgot that we have to play that. Okay, do you guys know how to play perfect in every way, or should we run you through the rules real quick? Go ahead and run us through the rules. So, perfect in every way is a game where... You imagine, like, the perfect person for you, the perfect partner, whoever it is, and they're perfect in every way, but, and then Elizabeth and I have come up with situations, characteristics, whatever, and we're going to talk about whether or not we would still date them and green flag it. It's not a problem. Red flag is... You're not super loving the idea. You don't think it's really great, but you would probably still try to make it work. And then deal breaker is you're out of there. Can't do it. Moving to Australia. Moving to Australia. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Okay. We weren't originally going to do it for this book because it's nonfiction. So we're literally like kind of, well, it's like a joking thing. We're like jokingly making fun of certain aspects of. So when we play it on the podcast, we come up with things that relate to the characters in the books that we read, but we came up with a couple that relate to the actual people in this book, but in a very lovingly joking way. It's not meant to be serious. We love you, Evie. Eddie. (laughs) Eddie, sorry. Okay, do you want me to go first? I think you have more than me. I have three. Okay. How many do you have? I have four. Oh, okay. You go first. Okay. They're perfect in every way, but they bring a musical instrument to the movies and play it during important scenes. <laughs> that sounds like my worst nightmare. That is, my, if anyone talks to me during a movie, I will kill them. Um, okay, so it's a deal breaker a, for you. Green flag. Are we to answer? I think so. <laughs> um, well, I, I feel like I would have to. Say green flag because I feel like that could truly be my life. <laughs> like I feel like that's a true thing that could happen in my current marriage. So I have to say green flag it, although it kind of hurts my stomach a little. Yeah, reluctantly a green flag. A green flag that doesn't want to be a green flag. Yeah, it doesn't really want to be a green flag, but you just kind of look past it because you're like, well, I really love her, but I know you want to play that sax in the movie theater. For me, it'd be a deal breaker. It would be a deal breaker? Well, because you wouldn't. You wouldn't. If I brought my flute? No. Yeah, especially if you brought your flute. Because you don't know how to play. Play the flute. That's fair. Yeah. Deal breaker here. It would be a deal breaker for me too. I'm going to circle this background a deal breaker. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, it'd be, I feel like it would be okay for me to do it, but it would not be okay for you to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite fair. (laughs) A double standard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete double standard. But talent versus none. Right, yeah, exactly. That's fair. Anyone so much breathes <laughs> next to me in a movie theater, I go off. I can't. Ooh, sounds intense. Put that on our list to never go to a movie with Elizabeth. Never go to the movies with me. <laughs> Don't worry, it's on my list too. <laughs> what 
Well, if you do, don't bring your saxophone. <laughs> I'm just gonna eat popcorn really loud. Okay. This one's short. Perfect in every way, but their last name is Wiener. Deal breaker. <laughs> I just, I don't even deal breaker. <laughs> I think I would yeah. just pull an Edie and I would convince him to change it. We're we're just making up a brand new one. I don't really want my current last name either, so a new one for both of us. I'm never gonna name Wiener. I'll say Red Flag. Red Flag all the way. Deal break. I, or, no, yeah, deal, deal break. break. It's not even a red flag. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it either. Jennifer Wiener. Jennifer. Oh. Jenny Wiener. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Wiener, welcome Jenny Wiener. Oh, I to love the show. Jenny Wiener. <laughs> Today's guest is Jenny Wiener, Jen and Steph no. Wiener. No. Ugh. It's giving the ick. Giving the ick a lot. It's making me gay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen and Steph Wiener, for being on our podcast today. <laughs> Mrs. and Mrs. Wiener. Okay. Okay, your turn. Okay. They're perfect in every way, but they leave the vows during your wedding ceremony to go smoke a cigarette. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you need what you need. All right. Red flag. Okay, okay. that's fair. I would red flag it, red too. Red flag. Yeah. yeah. I'm not putting you on the outs over it, but maybe try to make it through the vows <laughs> first. Like, like plan it out. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. Plan it out so you get it before the vows and then after the vows, but, like, not during the vows. You need to shorten them up, shorten them up. <laughs> plan it out. Just plan it out better. Yes. Yeah. Just do a better job planning. I love you. See ya. <laughs> okay. Perfect in every way, but every year for your birthday, they take professional photos in your clothing and gift you a physical book with all the photos in it. What? Deal breaker. <laughs> it's like a weird form of cosplay. Thea did that for her girlfriend. That's right. She got professional photos done of her in her girlfriend's clothing, printed them in a physical book, and gifted it to her for her birthday. That's a terrible gift. <laughs> I actually take it back. I don't think I deal breaker, but I might take this the is book. every year, Teresa. Oh, God. <laughs> every birthday. Well, then I could have a special birthday burning ceremony where I burn the book. <laughs> That could be fun. Yeah. You could have some more. Yeah. Bring out the marshmallows. Oh my gosh, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But I I think it's I think it's maybe yellow flag because I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> like I think it would be a great laugh. I mean you yeah, you would get a good laugh from me trying down your clothes. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, no, I feel like a laugh like we tried to make that book for our friend. Yeah. Like, we tried to make a book for our friend. Were you dressed up in their clothes? <laughs> it was, no, it was a, have you, have you heard of the love book online? <laughs> that you can, like, make a book. Like, I made one for Steph. Yeah. It was, like, our story, and it was sweet. 
So then our our friend was turning six, and it makes you into cartoon characters. Yeah, it makes you into cartoon like characters. stick people almost. But if you, oh yeah, oh, I, I know what that is. I do too. Now that you say that, yeah, not me, almost making it. If if you want to give it to somebody at like from both of us, you'd have you have to make yourself kids <laughs> in order to have multiple givers. <laughs> so. So it was like, it was like our friend was like big, big, and we were little. And she was like, you know, throwing us up in the air and telling us bedtime stories. Oh God, it was hilarious, but it got really weird really fast. We're like, yeah, we, this is just like inappropriate. Like, I'm not giving you a book that says I love when you give me kisses. I love when you tuck me in. Yeah, tuck I love when you tuck me in. Right. Yeah, I know. It got really weird. Red flag got friendship. Green flag. Red flag friendship. Red flag. Major red flag. Yeah, we got a good laugh out of That's it, but we did body. not give it as a gift. We did not. Okay, yellow so your flag. final ruling is new flag, yellow flag. Adding a flag They're to the game. They're inventing a new flag. <laughs> is yellow flag not a choice? White flag surrender. <laughs> oh. Whatever. It is now. Okay. It is now. I added a new layer last time we played. Yeah. Above okay. the breaker is like, moving to Australia. Beyond. Like you need to flee the country. Okay. To escape. Yeah. Beyond like, deal breaker. Breaking up with them is not enough. You have to you flee. Need to move the country. Yeah. Move countries. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, they're perfect in every way, but their favorite food is cabbage and mayo mm. sandwiches. Oh. This is what you're eating oh. for your birthday dinners yeah. and all those. I can't. Like, where no. they want their favorite food. Gross. No. De- deal no. breaker. Deal breaker. Gross. Deal breaker for sure. Ugh. Deal breaker. Fleeing to Australia. Fleeing to Australia to eat Australian cuisine, which I don't even know what that is. Shrimp? Um, <laughs> shrimp on the Barbie? <laughs> I don't shrimp like shrimp. On the Barbie. <laughs> it's probably just shrimp on the Barbie. That's that's a really good one. Thank what, you. What, what would you say? Oh, I would give it a deal breaker. Okay. I don't want to eat that. I love that all of ours are deal breakers. Yeah, it's just not good. That's how we do it. We'll never find Oh my god, if you find somebody that only wants to eat cabbage and mayonnaise. We'll never find I, someone to die with in the loop. I can only bring That's joy. I can't I keep mean. it hot. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'll find love before you find somebody. One of the people she dated, his favorite food was cabbage and mayo sandwiches. That's really gross. Well, that's probably why she broke up with him. Not yeah, same. that's probably not, why. Not because he was a man. <laughs> This one's short, too. Perfect in every way, but they think they own you. A deal breaker. A deal, fleeing yeah. to Australia. Or farther. Don't you dare Green own flag. <laughs> Is it a kink? Yeah, that's a fleeing to Australia. You don't own me. No, I don't. <laughs> Catch Steph in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Steph has left the country. She's left the chat. No, I never thought that I did. Well, why would that not be a deal breaker for you? Oh my god. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty amenable to whatever. But I don't treat you like I own you. No, no, no. 
Right? She sounds super convincing. She was like, yeah, deal breaker for sure. <laughs> okay, my last I'll one. Also yellow flag. Oh, yellow sorry. and green flag. What's oh, the mix combined? of yellow and green? What's the lip? Well, blue and yellow make green, so would yellow and green. What are yellow and green? I'm failing as an art major here. I'm so sorry. Light green flag. Oh, Light <laughs> green flag. One green flag. <laughs> okay. My last one is just strictly a joke. Um, they're perfect in every way, but they're a man. Rainbow flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, major deal breaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah deal breaker. Big, big. Perfect in every way, then they're, then they're not a man. <laughs> right? if they're, yeah, they would never be perfect in any way. At all. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it just is out of context. Doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yeah, okay. Canceled. <laughs> and this is where I leave. No, I love that. I it's love a that. good one, but yeah. I love especially that you ran that one by me beforehand. I, I did run it by <laughs> It's a green flag for me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. And we support Yeah. <laughs> Fully support you, Teresa. That really means the world to me. <laughs> that was fun. That was like fun. That. that was a good game. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully that was really fun for everybody to listen to. We had so much fun recording it, as we already said. Yes, we hope you enjoyed, and thank you again, Jen and Steph, for being on our podcast. Please, if anyone sees them in the streets, even though you won't know what they look like, you'll only know their voice. Do not stop them for autographs. They're very busy women. They're famous. They don't have time for you. They're very famous. Cannot be bothered. A-list celebrities at this point. <laughs> okay, so now we played Perfect in Every Way with them, so everything's going to be a little bit out of order for this episode, but we're going to come back to our Taylor Swift song that we picked out for this memoir. Yes, we didn't want to bore them with it, given that they don't, no, Taylor Swift. Don't worry. We're going there in person in Nashville on a specific mission to educate them. They will be educated. We can bring them back once they are fully educated and we can discuss all things Taylor Swift. But for now, we also thought that maybe they want to leave a little bit of podcast left for surprise since they were with us for most of it. So mm -hmm. we're doing that now. So what song? Do you want me to start? Well, you had four, so I think maybe you should start. I'll start. They just kept coming to me. Um, as you know, I think that Taylor Swift's music is very queer-coded, and I could mm -hmm. write an entire memoir myself about my experience listening to Taylor Swift's songs. <laughs> but no, I would read that. I would write that. But, well, please. That, I would we sell that talk, on Shark Tank. And we could talk about it here. We'll go through your Taylor Swift themed memoir on the podcast. Perfect. Stay tuned for that episode. The first song that I thought of was Cruel Summer. And this, I thought of this when she was dating the first woman that she ever dated. Her name was Carolyn, Caroline. Something like that? Yeah. And Caroline tells Edie, because she wants to hide her sexuality, she tells you, why are you denying yourself what you want? 
I don't want a life of sneaking around. It's not hurting anyone. And Evie says, it is, though. That's just it. It hurts me. And I thought Cruel Summer for them and their relationship, because in the song, mm -hmm. there are lyrics, I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you, and I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? That is perfect. That is not a straight song, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> putting it out there. No straight couple has ever had to hide their love from anyone. <laughs> that except for Taylor Swift, maybe. Okay. I don't want to impose sexuality on her. We're I'm not, so sorry. We're not going to, but that is a very good song yes. for this story. I, I like where you were going with that. I liked the breakdown. Okay. My next one is Cornelia Street because Evie lived on Cornelia Street at some point. Not really a connection to the song itself, more of just the name yeah. and the street that she lived on. And I am fully convinced that Edie's Cornelia Street apartment is the same one that Taylor owns. And I say this with zero <laughs> evidence, but 100% confidence. And with that zero evidence and 100% confidence, I 100% believe you. And I'm, and I'm on board. I jumped aboard your train and we're, we're going to believe it. Awesome. They live Great. in the same apartment. They live in delusion. <laughs> Two girls that live in delusion. Love to see it. Let us live our lives. Okay. My third one is Welcome to New York. And when Edie is younger and she's reading her brother Blackie's um, erotic novels and magazines um, in secret, she said there was one line written by a woman that said, Ah, I'm in New York now where I can kiss a woman. Mm-hmm. And I thought, welcome to New York, because the lyrics, you can want who you want, boys and boys and girls and girls. Yeah. Wow, these are top notch. Snaps all around. I came super unprepared for the actual book part, but you asked me to get you a Taylor lyric that relates to something <laughs> queer. She Hit me up. For it. <laughs> yeah, that I didn't, I've not brought this much to the table, because I did, in fact, think of my song, like, yesterday at work and I brought zero evidence. Yeah, and I finished reading the book two hours ago, so clearly we're prepared. We um, usually are. Every episode, something happens. Yeah, something. We speak. <laughs> people listen. Us. <laughs> we're here. But people. Yeah, we listen. <laughs> um, and then my fourth and final one just describes Thea and Edie and kind of their process of getting into the relationship because Thea was dating someone else at the time. Um, I just said getaway car. I don't have a specific oh, yeah. lyric for that, but just the whole idea and vibe behind getaway car. Loving someone who's, when you're already in a relationship. Yep. That's yeah. a good one. Um, so mine was just generic. Doesn't really relate to anything specific in the book, just the overall tones, the queer tones, um, which would be you need to calm down. Mm-hmm. And I think that there needs to be no explanation. If you're confused, go watch Taylor Swift's music video. It will explain everything you need to know. It's basically her pride anthem. It is her pride anthem. If you can't support them, then you need to calm down. Mm -hmm. Go away. So if you that can't is... support their lifestyle, my lifestyle. <laughs> my lifestyle. You need to <laughs> Not calm your down. lifestyle. <laughs> I felt very supported on today's <laughs> podcast. I hope I'm not offending anybody. This is truly, truly a joke. Yeah, we're... I understand fully that I am extremely privileged. <laughs> Let's just put that out there as a disclaimer. Yes, but we, we love you. Um, a song I did just think of, of off the top of my head is, and this isn't 
super specific, but kind of has to go with the whole secret vibes would be illicit affairs. Mm-hmm. And I know she doesn't really have any affairs, but during the time that she was living, pretty much every relationship she had was considered an affair, whether or not she was cheat. I mean, she didn't cheat on anybody, but like that's what illicit affairs is kind of yeah. about is the whole sneaking around having, you know, your secret affair. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of how she had to live all of her relationships her whole life. So, right. I just thought of another one too. Dancing with our hands tied. Oh yeah. That's about a secret relationship. Also, Edie and Thea both love dancing. Yeah. But that's about keeping your love dancing a secret. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. We hope that everyone enjoyed this day's episode. Remember, it's just fun and lighthearted. Yes. Please but- don't take anything seriously. <laughs> But also, Edie's story is really important, so we hope that you did learn something about her and about her story and her personal journey with her sexuality. The story is very inspiring, and I would recommend it. If you have time and you're curious about her life, check out her book. Yes, and if you liked Evelyn Hugo, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, you would for sure love this book as well. It is essentially the nonfiction version of Seven Husbands. Yes, and we love an educated queen. We so do. read that nonfiction. And give back to us. <laughs> Email us. Perfect. Okay. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>